Good morning, beloved, and welcome back to Conspiracies in Milk with your girl, Smoking Lioness. And today we're just going to have a cup of coffee and have a, have a discussion. So grab your cup. It's pretty cold outside, so this warm coffee feels really good. I hope you guys rested well. I hope that you woke up smiling and grateful that you're here, ready to learn something, ready to get closer to your creator, ready to get closer to your on your walk with Jesus. There's so much going on, beloved, that it is a, a daily task for me to want to give out warnings and want to try to raise awareness, excuse me, and I'm feeling worn out. I'm worn out. I'm, I'm a bit distraught today. Um, there's so much going on in the world that it's really hard to see what the next move is going to be right in the world and everything that's happening just has me thinking and asking so many questions and I don't think enough people are asking enough questions so I guess today's question from me to you is what do you believe in? What do you believe, you know? When you ask somebody, do they believe in God? They usually say yes, without hesitation. But what I would like to know is, what do you believe about God? What is it you believe about God? Because from what I'm seeing, most people, even people that read the Bible, They scratch just the surface, whatever tickles their ears, whatever makes you feel better about who you are, you stop there, right? And I'm here to tell you it's not enough, you know, it's not enough to say you believe in God, because if you don't know his word, how can you believe on him? If you don't know his laws, how can you believe on him? You know, so I think maybe you stop asking that question because I think people, when you say, do you believe in God, they're saying their answer is, is to, do you believe in the existence of God, right? Because there's a difference. You can believe in the existence of God, right? But not believe anything that his word says because you're stubborn spirit wants to fight it and say it's not inspired by God. No, man did it, man did it, man did it. And that means you're just thinking in the flesh. Like you, you're stubborn, you have an obstinate spirit. You don't want to come to God. You don't really want to know Him. God provided a way for us to know Him. God provided everything we need to come to Him. You know, 
but this world is so distracted by everything else. We are in a battle, and the battle is between good and evil, like it or not. Like it or not. You gotta choose a side. There's no middle ground when it comes to God. You know, you can't have one hand in the Bible and your foot in the world. You can't do it. He will tug at your heart every time. You guys need to really let go of your distractions and try to seek Him. While you still have a chance to seek Him, dark ages are coming again where you're not going to have the word. It's going to be illegal. They're going to get rid of it. And then, you know, you won't have people of God warning you about anything at some point, you know? You know, I didn't just wake up one day and think, what's the easiest way for me to isolate myself from everybody I love and society? What is the number one way for me to lose all my friends? That's not what I did. I didn't want to lose my friends. I didn't want to stop doing what I was doing. I enjoyed my life. I loved it. You know, and I thought I was doing well and I thought it was good. But I wasn't living for God. I didn't really pray to Him. I, you know, I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't come to Jesus. I didn't. And I have to ask myself, what is it I believed in? Like, before... And what you have to understand is God will draw you near. You don't you don't wake up your own spirit. I didn't do this myself. You know, things happen, circumstances in life draw you near the Lord and man, anyone who knows me knows that my life has been absolute chaos for many, many, many years. I'll have, you know, several months of calm but then here we go again but I gotta ask myself what did I believe before God drew me near him you know when I was living in the world did I was I just okay I was so complacent just being part of the world going to my job entertaining myself you know raising my family like what was it about what is it about At some point, you have to ask yourself, what is this all about? I know we weren't created to just work all day long and have our kids at school all day long and be separated all day long and be told what to think and what we should know and what we should learn, right? And the American school system is so dumb. It really is, guys. Our students are ignorant compared to the rest of the world. That's by design. They're creating good little worker bees in this school system. Worker bees, not millionaires, not people that actually understand how to build wealth or how to build communities or how to do anything positive for themselves, but just worker bees. How to work for somebody else, that's what we're taught. 
So what do you believe in? What do you believe about God? Do you believe in his word? Do you believe that the Bible was inspired by him so that we would be provided instructions, stories, and everything to help us come to Jesus, to help us know that the purpose here is to find him and to go home to him. And we need to bring as many as we can with us. Do you believe in that? I believe in that. I believe we're in a fallen world. I believe everything I read in scripture is true. And I believe if you don't believe it's true, it's because you don't have an understanding of it. I believe you better get to know the book of Revelation very quickly if you don't know anything about it. We must stay repentant. It's not as easy as just saying, I believe in God. I'm a good person, because you're not a good person. <laughs> There's no good people, no, not one. We're all liars, murderers, thieves, idolaters, right? We covet things. Examine your heart and you will see that you're not a good person. I'm not a good person, I get bad thoughts all the time. I am constantly apologizing to Father. Constantly. And I always have. And I thank God for the people that have remained in my life that, have, that are close to me like my children, that know me, know me. Not just what they want to believe about me, or, you know, what they've told themselves about me. My kids know me. They know the good in me, the bad in me. They know all parts of me. And I'm happy for that. Because they know that I used to walk a very different walk. And they know how hard this is for me now. I know I get mocked. <laughs> I know my friends scoff at me like that was written about too, you know. It's really hard to come out of the world. It's really hard to give up everything and pick up your cross and walk with Jesus. It's really hard. I'm still not doing everything I should. I'm still not good enough. But by His grace and through my faith, in what Jesus Christ did for me and you. I'm saved. I remember when I first felt, felt him pressing me. It, you know, I got baptized in 2016 in May Memorial Weekend, but I really it's not that I wasn't taking it seriously. I guess I was expecting like an instant awakening in my soul. I was, you know what I mean? And so I wasn't really walking closely with him yet until about a year later. It was about a year later. Yeah. A year later I was at work and one night I decided to... um become an ordained minister and honestly 
I was looking into it so that I can make a little bit of money on the side. And so I was looking into it, looking into scriptures and, you know, stuff like that. This is before I was really diving heavy into the Bible. And I was even, like, joking about it and mocking that, the fact that I did it to a friend of mine, you know, and saying, oh, you know, I'm an ordained minister, and she thought it was so hilarious, and and I did too. I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Everyone's always treated me like a joke. That's something you have to understand. You know, I've always been the funny one, not because I was funny, but because I had to be, if that makes any sense, you know. That, that's another story though but so I was kind of mocking the fact that I had gotten ordained online because you know it's anyone can do it anyone can do it it takes nothing it takes no skill no knowledge nothing so my intention was just to do it to uh, make some money on the side and what I didn't realize is that night was the night that God used that moment to drop seeds in my spirit and things started happening that started drawing me near him and I started having this urge in my soul to know him and his word and he led me like I started having such an incredible prayer life I fall to my knees and I started to repent for everything that I could even think of that I ever did to embarrass him and I come to the realization that I'm not such a bad person (laughs) everyone always tried to make me feel like I was such a bad person because I told some lies when I was a kid oh I remember stealing money here and there as a kid I was a troubled kid I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have anybody trying to mentor me. I was the youngest of three sisters and I was alone. Completely alone in my home. I loved my family. And I don't feel like I should have had to fought so hard to be a part of it. And so since I had to fight so hard to even be a part of it, I always found friendships outside of home, you know? I got mocked and ridiculed for having Mexican friends, nothing but Mexican friends, and that was just because that's who was drawn to me, and that's who I was drawn to. I loved the culture. They accepted me, you know. You're drawn to who you're drawn to, you know. I always had a lot of friends, but all my main friends were all Latinos. But, so I realized... I'm not a bad person. I've been troubled my whole life. I've been influenced by the darkness. I've been influenced by negativity. And I didn't have anyone other than my dad trying to save me from that. You know? And my dad didn't get saved until 1982. So I had an entire lifetime of horrible things happening to me. And a a family who didn't really want me. And for whatever reason, you know? I don't want to dwell on it, but it is what it is. You shouldn't, you shouldn't feel alone in your family. Your sisters, your siblings, whoever they are, I don't care. They shouldn't treat you like you're less than. 
I don't care if you have different parents. I don't care what it is. I've had people talk about me like I'm not good enough my entire life. And it's not fair. And I've never deserved it. So when you think about good people, examine yourself. Examine yourself, right? I'm back to what do you believe in? What do you believe about God? Do you believe it's okay to just follow blindly along with the world and, you know, just say, yeah, you believe in God? Put a cross in your house, have a Bible. Do you think you need to know his word? Do you think you owe him your time? You know, there. I, I believe there's so much more to it. I believe you have to study to be aware of what's going on right now. Because in the Bible it says, even the very elect could be deceived, right? Who's the elect? God's people, right? The path is narrow, beloved. It's not a wide path. So many church-going Christians are not even on the right path. They idolize their pastor, right? They celebrate Halloween. You're coming into agreement with satanic forces if you celebrate Halloween, beloved. And in the Bible it does say, it would be better if you tied a millstone around your neck than if you have one of the little ones sin against God. Who is the master of disguises, right? Who's the number one liar? Satan. So he loves when you put on those costumes. He loves when you dress up your children and your grandbabies. He loves it. It doesn't matter if it's Snow White or a witch. You're coming into agreement with a, satan- a satanic excuse me, ritual. It doesn't matter if you're right there at the altar with a child being sacrificed. It doesn't matter if you're walking around collecting candy from strangers in a costume. You are celebrating and coming into agreement with the darkness on this day. And if you don't believe me, it's because you don't want to. It's because you're deceived and you don't know scripture and you don't know your creator. You want to call everything spirits, spirits. I'm so spiritual. Well, demons are spirits. Yeah. And you're playing with them. The Bible says the dead are asleep, right? Your ancestors are sleeping. So who do you think you're talking to on Ouija boards or when you think you feel a presence of a dead loved one and you're trying to call on them? You're calling on demons. I don't know how to make this any more clear to people. And beloved, I try really hard not to sound arrogant or in any way because I care about how you feel. I care about how you receive the messages that I put out. You know, these things are real. I care about seeing you in the kingdom. I know that a lot of us are gonna go through tribulation and the great tribulation is coming. And there's horrible things that are gonna happen. You guys have no clue what's going to happen. In the Bible, it says the Nephilim are going to return and wreak havoc on mankind. 
demonic armies, gigantic locusts, do you think this is just a metaphor? There are things coming upon us, and they've all been written about. This one world system they're trying to establish, well, I mean, it's really been established, but it's just about unraveling society enough to take control of it. Absolutely. I mean, take a look around, everybody. Like, it's really sad. It's really sad to take a look outside right now. You know, they have all this money, right? <laughs> and I posted this on my Facebook yesterday. They, they have all this money. And I shared this from one of my friend's pages. It says, you can vax the entire world, but you can't feed the poor. That's a fact, Jack. If this was really about saving mankind, how come they never cared about saving mankind before this virus? Have you thought about that? They're right now talking about, oh, Madagascar is having this horrible drought, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you go take them some water? Right? Why don't you go build a community? <laughs> a self-sustaining community. Oh, because you'd rather take cameras over there and create, create this facade that oh nobody can do anything about it but because it's global warming global warming is an absolute lie and if you're you're falling for it you've been deceived and if you want to say oh well everything's changing the weather and oh my gosh well beloved I'm here to tell you that you need to go dive down some rabbit holes about harp and CERN and weather modification and manipulation and cloud seeding and <laughs> underground bunkers and just all kinds of things that they utilize to manipulate the weather, create shaking and trembling. They do everything to mimic and copy God. Okay? Yes, God controls the weather. But man has been messing with it. They manipulate everything. And then they blame it on you. They need to convince you that you are the problem. So they can present you with the solution. Okay? Here, there's too many humans. Oh my gosh, there's too many cows farting producing this gas. Oh my goodness, there's too much of this. So we're going to fix it by creating smart cities. Or we're going to fix it by taking away everything. And... You guys are not going to eat the way you want. We're going to we're going to ration out how you live, right? This is all in the um, sustainable development plan for what was agenda 21, which they've now called, they've now changed to the great reset. But if you're distracted by the world, you're not picking up on any of this, and it's disturbing. It's really disturbing how much people don't know about the Bible and about the end times prophecies. You say the word Nephilim to people, and they're like, What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. 
you know, in the early 1900s, there was actual newspaper articles that could be found. Now, I don't know if you could find them online anymore, because the past few years, it seems things have just been disappearing offline. And if you don't have access to library archives, then I don't know what to tell you, but in the early 1900s, um, newspaper articles could be found talking about the discovery of giant skeletal um, bones, you know, like um, skulls and then long uh, thigh bones and the tibia and the fibula, like all of these bones were just huge, enormous. And it's like, why do you think that is? The Bible tells you that giants used to exist. The Bible tells you giants existed in the days of Noah. What do you think those giants came from? God didn't create giants. He never spoke of creating giants. Okay? God created man. Then he created woman from man. Okay? Male and female, he created them. doesn't talk about creating giants. Yes, he did create other creatures, and those could all be found in Scripture. You can find them all in Scripture. And the unicorn is not a horse. <laughs> unicorn is, is a rhinoceros, I believe. But uh, anyway, so you can find everything in Scripture. Now, you have to remember there's books, entire books that were left out of the main Bible, and that's because the Jews rejected anything that prophesied about Jesus in the Old Testament. So the book of Enoch is a wealth of knowledge. You guys should really read that. And it'll describe the fallen angels. Um, when they were cast out of heaven and, and down here, they came down and took wives and created offspring, which were the Nephilim. And they were giants and monsters and just all these disgusting things that God did not create. And that's part of the reason he flooded the earth was because you're messing with God's creation. It was all muddied and disgusting. Bad things were happening everywhere. Kind of like now. You know, this is... I do believe we're in the days of Noah. Noah from the gay agendas being pushed to uh, science trying to mess with man's DNA. It's the same as in the days of Lot and the days of Noah. They take everything God says that's good for mankind and they twist it up and pervert it and make it look like God is just a meanie in the sky trying to control you. No, he's trying to prevent you from going to hell based on his law because he doesn't change. Society changes, and they try to erase him and get rid of him, but he has not changed. And we haven't been here a billion years. We haven't been here 50,000 years. We have been here almost, what is it, 6,000 years? Or I want to say we've been here under 20,000. I don't want to commit to a number because time in heaven is different than time here, right? I just don't believe we've been here longer than longer than 20,000 years. I don't believe we've been here longer than 15,000 years. 
I want to say about 6,000. And that's based on Bible time. A day in heaven is a thousand years here. So it's only been almost a completed six days. God's wrath is still very much ignited at what we've done to, to this world and what we did to his son. You know, this is all real. The Bible's absolute truth and... You have to ask yourself, what do you believe? What do you believe about God? What is it you believe in? Do you believe that there's nothing you have to do? I'm not saying works save you, okay? I'm not saying all that. I'm saying, what do you believe in? Do you believe anything is required of you to go to heaven? And if not, then why do you think it says in the Bible that the narrow, excuse me, that the path is narrow? If nothing is required and almost everybody was going to go to heaven, then why does it warn in the Bible that the path is very narrow? What do you think um, is required? Because I am, you know, we lie every day, we steal every day, things happen that we haven't repented for. Um, we live in an absolute disgusting world hypersexualized everything gossip you know contentions in the family families are supposed to unite and be loving to each other you're supposed to love them through everything and and try to support and help them you're not supposed to cast your family members aside and point your fingers and make them feel stupid and talk about them but that's what I grew up in and I'm so grateful to God in a way because not in a way I'm grateful to God almighty in a way I'm grateful because it helped me to raise my family to be different my family knows how to love each other and they slip up but they know how to love each other and I'm very proud of that they have good hearts, you know. We've always been looked at a certain way. It's funny, it's really unnerving to be the ones that everyone calls when there's a problem, right? That's my life. So if anyone had an issue, it's like, oh, call, call auntie, call me, call, you know, I was the person. But then I was always treated like I was too much or obnoxious. <laughs> Just because I wasn't afraid, right? I've had people steal things from me, from my home, you know. Talk about me, oh, so badly. And you know what? I love them anyway. You have to love people. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive quickly. You have to repent. You have to constantly try to be better. And it takes work. And yes, some days it's exhausting. And it's lonely. Because the whole world is just trying to get attention from each other. Like, it's really weird when you come out of it and you see the way people behave. Because it's like, whose attention do you need? Whose attention are you trying to get? 
Are you trying to be a little superstar? Like, who are you? Do you know yourself? I was there too. Oh, believe me, I was there too. I was there too. But what do you believe in? What do you believe about God, beloved? It's time to ask yourself, is what you believe biblical? Or is it of the traditions of men, philosophy of men? Have you read scripture? Have you prayed to God to open your eyes and your heart to understand it? And do you get mad when people try to talk to you about God and and scripture and try to correct you? If you do, you need to examine your heart and ask yourself why. I used to get mad too. I used to get mad at the thought of, oh, we just can't all live here and do what we want, right? But that's satanic. And I guess for anyone listening that's not a believer in Christ, that is just here really to snicker at me and talk about me later, (laughs) I know you're there, I would suggest read the Satanic Bible. Read it. Read all about Anton LaVey his belief system, read all about Aleister Crawley and his sex magic with children and why they uh, believe in child sacrifice and why the blood of children is so potent and how adrenochrome is a real thing in Hollywood and they really like to torture people to um, get that high because it's better than cocaine. Research the darkness So you can see how disgusting it is and how vile it is, right? And maybe you won't feel so content practicing it once you understand the absolute... Oh, I don't even have the word for it. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's dark. It's twisted and evil. And sometimes if you can't come to the light... Maybe you need to go through the darkness. Maybe you need to read all of that. Maybe you need to dive down those rabbit holes and get into it and see just how twisted people are. Talk to Satanists. Talk to them. Talk to them. Child sacrifice is a real thing. Human sacrifice is a real thing, but they prefer children. And if you partake in these rituals and these things that you're doing, you are coming in agreement with satanic forces, like it or not. Like it or not. It is time to peel the scales from your eyes, beloved. It is time to sharpen your sword and prepare for battle. This is a spiritual battle. It always has been. We're in a fallen world. And things are going to increasingly get dark. And if you're playing with the darkness right now, beloved, I I implore you to come out of it. Talk to God. Repent. Come to Christ. Let go of those things. They are of the devil. And they're doing nothing but dragging you to hell. And if you're casting over people you love, you are attaching curses to them. To the objects you leave, you're attaching curses to them. Because anything you're practicing, no matter your intention, is of the devil. 
you're able to ask yourself some questions today, beloved. I hope you're able to take what I talk about and just say, you know what? I'm going to look into this. What is she talking about? What's satanic ritual abuse? I'm going to look into that. I'm going to read my Bible. Are we in Revelation? Are we in the sixth day? What does Matthew 24 say? Right? Dive down, beloved. It's time. Father wants you to come to his kingdom. He wants you to come home. This is not our home. This is a fallen world. He created a kingdom for all of us to come home. He loves you so much. If you're angry with him, it's because you don't understand him. And I'm no better than you. You have the opportunity to have all the understanding you need. So, I really do hope that you will take time to study. I use the King James Version of the Bible. I believe it's the best translated from Greek. If you can read Greek, coin, hey, go read that. That's great. If you can read Hebrew, Old Testament is written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. If you could read that, hey, don't be afraid to translate language. Always look up the old language. It's time, beloved. It's time to actually take some actual time to learn. Study like your life depends on it because it does. There are going to be things that come upon us that you're not prepared for. And I pray, I pray that you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that the Lord himself will send angels to wake you up. I pray that you let the darkness go. And I pray that you will pick up your cross and follow Jesus and wake up as many souls around you as you can before it's too late. May God bless you with open eyes and open ears and strengthen your spirit for battle. Put on the full armor of God, beloved. Until next time, God bless you.